all get in trouble for this, I'm certain, but... That's what I need to kind of rejuvenate my college football spirit here at the end of the season. What's up, college football fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Saturday Six Podcast. I am your co-host, AJ, here with my co-host, my brother, Tyler. What is going on, man? Sitting here on New Year's Eve, getting ready to ring in the new year, but want to talk about some college football playoff matchups that are tomorrow, right around the corner. Big games going down, so I uh, want to get into those with you. The biggest games, the biggest stages, um, everything is leading up to these two games where we're going to find out who actually makes it to the national championship. Yeah, it's been an incredible season of college football to this point. We have seen lots of great matchups, lots of great games throughout the entire season, and it has all come down to this. We have four teams. We have a college football playoff that consists of four teams for the last time in the foreseeable future. We'll be moving to that 12-team playoff format starting next season. So for one final time, we'll run it back in this four-team playoff. We have Michigan. We have Washington, we have Texas, and we have Alabama. So let's start with that one versus four matchup. Let's head out to the West Coast, Pasadena, California, the Rose Bowl. Five o'clock Eastern time on New Year's Day, we'll have Alabama versus Michigan. And it's actually the Wolverines right now, depending on when and where you find this spread. They're sitting as a two-point favorite right now. Over under for total points is about 45 what are we thinking, man? Michigan is a favorite in this one. Obviously, they uh, have the the full arsenal. The head coach is back. They are without their starting right tackle, Zach Zinter. He went down um, versus Ohio State in that final regular season game. He will be out. Other than that, though, both of these teams should be pretty much at full strength. What are our thoughts, man, before we get into picks? like, What are the keys if you're Alabama? What are the keys if you're Michigan? How do you see this game um, going down on New Year's Day. Yeah, that's what's interesting about these games is there's so many more aspects that come into it and play a big factor than uh, just a normal road game uh, for any of these teams. I mean, one, you got these teams that haven't played in weeks now. So how are they practicing? How are they staying warm uh, when they're, they're not playing another opponent for weeks on end? How well do you travel? Different teams travel better than other ones. Um, and the the schedule and the consistency can play a factor in those. Um, but if you want to just get down to the nitty-gritty of the game here and the keys for each team, um, Michigan, it's tough to say because, I mean, we think throughout watching them for 13 games now that we would have an idea, but... I don't think we've seen them play a caliber team like Alabama yet. Not so even close. I want to see them do what they do best right now, um, which is kind of leaning on the defense, pounding the ball, lulling them, lulling the opposing defense to sleep, uh, and then hitting big shots when need be with J.J. McCarthy throwing the ball. Um, but I need them to do what they do, but they've got to do it at a higher level than they've done it yet this year. Not saying that they haven't been at a high level, um, but this is this is a quality opponent that they haven't seen this year. Bama doesn't compare to Ohio State or Penn State, mm-hmm. uh, certainly not the Rutgers and 
the Maryland's of the Big Ten either. Um, right. So that, probably so that's something big. Probably the most skilled offense and most skilled defense that they've played to this point, wouldn't you say? Oh, definitely. And Michigan defensively, um, I mean, they've got to do what Georgia did better than how Georgia did it in the SEC championship against Alabama. They need to be better at containing Jalen Milrow, and they've got to affect his passes. They've got to get into the backfield and and get those quarterback hurries. They can't let him sit back there all day and uh, get through his entire progression before he gets a chance to decide where he wants to throw the ball. They've right. got to make him make quick decisions, and hopefully those quick decisions – turn into bad decisions uh for Jalen Milrow. I thought I thought Georgia played Milrow in that Alabama offense pretty well in that SEC championship game. I thought that their game plan overall to minimize his impact was was exactly what you needed, right? And they did kind of limit that Alabama offense. You know, obviously they scored 27 points, but seven of those were gifted to him when they got the ball on the 10-yard line after that fumble from Carson Beck. So um, I would expect Michigan to kind of do a little bit of the same. You know, we saw Georgia's game plan was basically, we're going to take two linebackers and use both of them to spy you, right? So that way we can make sure that we're going to keep Milrow in the pocket and he's not going to beat us with his legs. I think that, um, like you were kind of touching on there, I think that could be a key factor for Michigan when they're on defense. Right. And for Alabama, I mean, you got to get something going offensively. I mean, Jalen Milrow has been better and better every week. We see this guy, and he looks like he's improved week to week every single time. Um, And that's his thing. One, keep him upright. Alabama has a really good offensive line. They outplay Georgia's D-line in the SEC championship. Um, They have a big, tough physical offensive line. Keep Jalen Milrow upright. And then Milrow, he he's got he's got to make a little magic. And then other than that, I just I need I need at least one receiver to step up and be that guy. Um, there's been a lot of times throughout the season where we're like, do we we still don't even know who that guy is? Is it Jermaine Burton? Is it somebody else? Um, we need Alabama needs one guy on in the receiver room or tight end for that matter, a pass catcher mm-hmm. to step up and have a game and just be that guy. Um, and I think that's really big for Alabama. Well, cause Michigan, they've got talent in that secondary, right? Absolutely. Like you, you talk about Will Johnson and some of the other guys that they've got in the back saying we're still in company. I mean, they've got the guys. And so I, I think that's a good point. You know, if Milro is stuck in the pocket, you know, if if he's able to buy enough time, can these receivers get open with that extra time that Milrow can grant you and, um, you know, make big plays down the field? You touched on the Michigan side. Like, this is the biggest question mark for me is, is on offense for Michigan, we haven't really seen a lot out of J.J. McCarthy over the past few games. Like, he started the season hot, right? Like, he was playing some of his best ball to start this season – And then over the last several games against Maryland, against Ohio State, against Iowa, sure, there were a couple scenarios there where they didn't necessarily have to throw the ball, but they didn't. Right, but but he wasn't being asked to do that. Right, I I get that, but I kind of want to see a little bit of that, right? If I'm a Michigan fan, I want to know that you can do it, especially against a secondary that has Kool-Aid McKinstry and Terry on Arnold. Yeah, I mean, mean, he's going to have to do it this game. 
I love Denzel Burke and I love, you know, the Ohio State secondary and sure Cooper DeGene at Iowa, they've got playmakers in that secondary as well, but they don't have two first round talents like Terry on Arnold and Kool-Aid McKinstry. So I don't know. I, I'm just, I, I find it difficult to find points for both of these teams, but especially Michigan. I think this is definitely a lower scoring game. You see that over under right at about 45. So you're talking about a 24 to 21 game is, is, you know, a push. So I, I see this being one of those run heavy games where Alabama tries to get McClellan involved. They try to get Roydale Williams involved a lot. If they can use Milrose legs, I expect them to take advantage of that against this Michigan defense. But it's going to be a tough one, man. It's going to be low scoring. I think special teams could play a big factor here. And then obviously, as with any game, but especially these big games, turnovers are going to be key here. So um, I don't know, man. This is going to be a good game. And you know what's weird about this game? Like, as much as I expect it to be low scoring and close, this game, much more so than the other, I could kind of see it being a blowout either way. Like, I could very easily see a scenario where Alabama wins this one by three touchdowns and it's not close. And then I could also see a scenario where Michigan just steps on Alabama's throat, limits Milrow, Ooh. forces him to turn the ball over a few times, and it could get ugly both ways like is that is that crazy to think that this one can get out of hand in either direction <laughs> that's a very interesting take i'll give you that um <laughs> it's possible i mean it is possible things have to go very right and very wrong uh for either one of those scenarios to happen um i'm gonna see this game i I think both these teams have had so much time to prepare, so much time to watch tape, to practice, uh, for their for their scout teams to be able to give them a good look into what the other teams are doing. Right. I th- I think although this is a very big time game, these are also two very disciplined teams. So I'm looking for a very disciplined brand of football from both sides. Um, so I don't see the amount of mistakes happening that would cause a blowout on either side. That's why I'll go away from it. I've got this game. I do think it's a pretty handily handed win for one team here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got it a little bit closer. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 27, 18. I knew you'd do it. Alabama roll tide, I, huh? I, I think Michigan gets exposed just a little bit. I mean, they haven't played anybody. Come on. They're a little bit overrated here. Um, and historically, they just haven't been able to get the big one. I mean, the big one used to be just beating Ohio State, and right. then it went to winning a playoff game, and they still haven't been able to do that. Oh, and two see it happening. The SEC is going to get somebody into the national championship. I mean, just look at the record books, people. Yeah, and that's the other thing is Big Ten teams, not very good against these SEC teams when it comes down to these big games. We've seen Ohio State and Michigan both fall flat in college football playoff games. So I'll be interesting to watch. You know, I'm right there on the fence for this one. I want to take Michigan. But damn, if you give Nick Saban a month to prepare, it just makes me nervous as hell if I'm a Wolverines fan. Like he I had a whole offseason to prepare against Texas. That is true. 
That is true. They also didn't know who the hell they it's wanted different. to play quarterback. Yeah, that's right? different. They didn't know what it, they were. It's different. <laughs> Tommy Reese wasn't quite uh, utilizing his assets. But, yeah, there's a reason Michigan is favored in this game, right? Like, Vegas knows what they're doing. They're not going to put Michigan as a favorite for no reason here. They want to see some return on that investment. But, damn, betting against Nick Saban is hard for me to do. I do think these are probably two of the best teams in college football this year. I'm going to take Alabama very reluctantly. I could easily see a scenario in which Michigan wins this game and maybe even wins it comfortably. But I'm not going to bet against Nick Saban with a month to prepare. I'm going to take the tide as well. All right, so let's move to our other matchup of the college football playoffs. We have two juggernauts that are meeting in the 2-3 matchup. The undefeated 13-0 Pac-12 champion Washington Huskies are going to face off against the 12-1 Big 12 champion Texas Longhorns. Longhorns obviously won in a blowout over Oklahoma State in that Big 12 championship game, and Washington edged Oregon for the second time this year in order to lock their spot into the college football playoff game. Vegas is telling you this one will be a close one as well. This is going down 8.45 p.m. Eastern time in the Superdome in New Orleans. Man, it should be good, right? Four-point favorite are the Longhorns right now. For this Sugar Bowl, what are we thinking, man? Longhorns and Huskies should be a great game on uh, New Year's Day night, 845. This is such a tougher one for me. If you gave me this matchup before the conference championships, I would have something completely different to say. Uh, But I saw a lot from Washington in that Pac-12 championship. They played a much more physical brand of football than we're used to seeing from them. Um, which is what I thought gave Texas the leg up in this matchup is, you know, Texas does play a more physical brand, uh, but Washington really stepped up in that game for me. Um, I think that their defense played really well, um, and they're going to have to against these Longhorns. I mean, we've talked ad nauseum. They've got all the weapons. They've got A.D. Mitchell. They've got Xavier Worthy. Um, they've got good backs. Obviously, Quinn Ewers playing quarterback is um, an NFL draft pick coming up pretty soon. And then, I mean, Texas's defense looks pretty solid all around, too. I think that their secondary plays really well. They play at a high level. Their front seven can get it done against a Washington rushing attack that has improved throughout the season as well. Yeah. Um, But I think this could be a little bit of a shootout. I'm, I'm expecting some points here. With as good as these defenses have played, I think the offenses are just what – you're really looking at here. I mean, that's going to be the the title of this game. That's going to be the headline right here is, I mean, right. you got Michael Penix Jr. and uh, Romeo Odunze on one side, and then you got Quinn Ewers and Xavier Worthy and A.D. Mitchell on the other side. You know, who's going to be able to expose the other secondary and right. score the most amount of points? I I see this coming down to the wire because it's a shootout. Um, but it's going to be a shootout for sure. There's going to be some points scored. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think this is definitely the higher scoring of the two games, and I think it is more than likely a very close game. I don't see either one of these teams getting blown out. For me, you touched on it a little bit. It's going to come down to 
the running games, I think. As much as this one's going to be billed as a quarterback matchup, I think this one's going to come down to both running backs in this game and which one can get a little bit more going on the ground. You know, versus Oregon in that Pac-12 championship, I talked to you about why I thought Oregon would win that rematch, and it was because I thought that they would stifle Dylan Johnson, the Washington running back, a little bit more than they did in that first matchup, and they didn't. I mean, he was still able to go for over 100 yards. He's got over 1,000 yards on the season. So, you know, this is by far the toughest defense that Washington has played to this point. I think they're better than Oregon is Texas. I think they're better than Utah, and I think those are probably the two toughest um, front sevens that Washington has had to play this year. When you talk about guys like Cavandre Sweat on that Texas defensive line, you're talking about future top you know, 15 draft picks, guys that Oregon and Utah just don't have on that defensive front. So if they're able to limit that rushing game from Washington, then you you force Michael Penix to make plays downfield to Roma Dunze and Jalen McMillan and, and those cats. And we know he can. You know, he's done it to the tune of over 4,000 yards this season. Dunze is going to be a first-round pick, no doubt. He's got the weapons to do it, but – if you make them one-dimensional, that's where it makes me nervous if I'm a Huskies fan. And then, you know, you kind of flip to the other side. For Texas, you, you touched on yours. The biggest one for me is they got no Jonathan Brooks. And Jonathan Brooks was a stud through the first, what, nine, ten weeks of the season. And then he suffers that season-ending injury. It's kind of been committee since then. C.J. Baxter, Jaden Blue, Keelan Robinson, Red. I mean, they've got a bunch of guys that they can trot out there. But can they be efficient? Can they run for five, six yards a clip in order to take some pressure off of Quinn Ewers? I think that's a big question mark for me. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to the running backs on both sides, I think, and not the quarterbacks. What do you think about that? It's a good take. I mean – you got to be able to stop the running game and make somebody one-dimensional. I mean, if you can do that on almost any game, you probably got a pretty good chance at winning, whether it's a playoff game or week one, week 10, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I think I think what we saw in the Big 12 championship game is Texas can run the ball still. I mean, they've got, they've got some maulers up front that are going to open up holes for them. It's just you do need consistency. Again, you're looking for a breakout guy, somebody that's, you know, coming back next year and he wants to claim that spot. And, you know, he's going to step up big time in a big time matchup and be able to do that uh, for the Longhorns. But here's a that, uh, here's a question mark. Sorry. Malik Murphy has announced his uh, intentions to transfer. So uh, the backup quarterback for Texas. Now, look, I'm. I'm not wishing anything upon Quinn Ewers. I hope he stays healthy. I, I sure hope we get to see both of these teams at as close to their best as we possibly can. But damn, wouldn't that be a storyline, man? Arch Manning steps in in the college football playoffs to lead Texas to a national championship appearance. I mean, can we get it going or what? That That's what I need. That's what I need to kind of rejuvenate my college football spirit here at the end of the season. Yeah, that'd be a storyline for sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, we we did get – because Malik Murphy uh, was out, we we did see a little bit of Arch Manning in that Big 12 championship game. Yeah. It was in garbage time. It was after Malik Murphy had come in. I mean, they were winning quite handily late in the fourth quarter. Right. Um, 
but no, like I said, <laughs> I, I, I want I want to see Quinn Ewers. I want to see best on best. I want to see uh, a guy like that who's you know put his time in, put the work in throughout the entire season. Um, you want to see guys like that be able to lead their team to whatever the outcome is for this game. Yeah. Um, but that would make for a lot of viewership <laughs> for sure. Oh, wow. Yeah. So let's do it, man. Texas is favored by four right now. You got to take the Longhorns to win by five if you want to cover that. We're both on the side of the Alabama Crimson Tide in that first matchup. Who's going to face off against the Tide in the national championship game? Straight up, Texas is going to play Bama, and it's going to be a blue blood just battle in the national championship game. But I think Washington's got a little bit to say about it, and they're going to keep this game closer. Field goal game, I think, wins this one. I think it's close. Um, So I'm going to take Washington to cover that four, but Texas-Bama national championship, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, I'm kind of right there in the same spot as you. I think this is a closer game. Four points is like, oh, man, it's right there on the edge of me wanting to take Texas here. I'm going to do it just so that the graphic looks a little bit different. I like a rematch of the 2009 BCS National Championship. Alabama versus Texas. Like you said, two blue blood programs going at it uh, before Texas will join Alabama yep. and the rest of the SEC next a season. A preview of the new SEC. Yes. Wow. So, uh, either way, if you, either way in that scenario, a future SEC team wins the college football playoff championship. So um, that would be great to see. But um, so just to recap, we're both going to take Alabama plus two. We like them straight up to win that game against Michigan. And then on opposite sides, at least for our picks on this one, we both think Texas will win, but you got the Huskies keeping a little bit closer than four. So um, that's it, man. We'll come back and we'll recap these games. We'll talk about the national championship game that is coming up in about a week's time. But any final thoughts from you, Mr. Tyler, before we get out of here? We got the Natty. We got transfer portals. We got coaching, carousels. Lots of off-season stuff going on. <laughs> Stick around. There will be more. Um, so just stay tuned, and we'll be getting some more episodes out to you. Yeah, for sure. We got lots more to touch on, and we will be back, yeah, about a week's time to recap all those uh, college football playoff games and everything that happened. So for my brother Tyler, I am AJ, and this was another episode of the Saturday Six Podcast. We'll see you back soon. 